Welcome to the Washington Union Alliance Church Podcast, an archive of our recorded sermons. We're a Christian and Missionary Alliance Church located in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. For more information, go to wuac.org. We're continuing our study of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Thessalonian believers. This is one of the earliest letters uh, that are written in the New Testament. Uh, Not necessarily where it's placed in the Scripture, but in terms of when it was written. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens, We sent Timothy, who is our brother and God's fellow worker in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. You know quite well that we were destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted, and it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter might have tempted you and our efforts might have been useless. Let's go back to verses 1 and 2. When we could stand it no longer, we sent Timothy to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. Now, at the end of chapter 2 that we had talked about last night, or, or last week, Paul had expressed deep love for the Thessalonian believers. He had said at the end in verse 19, What is our hope? our joy, our crown in the presence of the Lord when He comes, but that we will glory in the presence of Jesus when He comes. Is it not you? He was expressing His great and dear, deep, intense love for the people of Thessalonica. And as He uh, shares that, then He says, and when we could stand it no longer. I mean, He's still talking about that great love He had for them. When we could stand it no longer, we had to find out something to see if you were okay, we sent Timothy. Paul longed to be with them. He loved them and he was deeply concerned for how they were doing. And when he couldn't stand it anymore, he and Timothy and Silas talked it over and they decided Timothy will be the one that he would go and check up on how they're doing. I want you to notice that Timothy was sent to strengthen and encourage them. We would understand that he would strengthen them Uh, giving them encouragement about their their living and the Lord is with you and teaching them deeper things from the Scriptures. But also, he was there to encourage them. Well, what does that mean, that he would encourage them? Yeah, go, rah, rah. Was that what he was talking about? No, uh, encourage. The word for encourage in the original language is from the same root word as paraclete, which is a word for the Holy Spirit the one who is called alongside of. So the picture is that of coming along someone, aside of someone, to give them support, to lend one's own strength to help someone who may be struggling. Now, we have a picture now on the screen of a 1992 Olympic runner, Derek Redman. Uh, He's being helped by his father to finish his 400-meter race. You may remember what happened, but uh, through an article I saw uh, from NPR, I want to share with you the information. In the semifinals, 
Redmond charged out of the blocks and looked strong on the first straightaway. But shortly before the race's halfway mark, he suddenly grimaced in pain and grabbed the back of his right thigh. His hamstring had torn. He crumpled to the track in pain and dismay as the rest of the pack sprinted on. Alone on the track, Redmond stood and began hopping on his left foot, careful to remain in his lane, determined to finish the race. The crowd stood and cheered as Redmond limped slowly toward the finish line. Then a figure emerged from alongside the track, Redmond's father, Jim. Waving off officials who tried to get him off the track, Jim Redmond ran up to his son, putting an arm around his waist. Derek turned and wept on his father's shoulder. Together, father and son walked the final meters of a race now long decided. The Olympic Committee has called the finish one of the most inspirational moments in Olympics history. In an interview with CBS News some years later, Jim Redmond said, I saw my son having a problem, and it was my duty to help. I actually went on the track to try to stop him from inflicting any further damage to himself. It was Derek's idea. He asked me to get him back in that lane, and I offered him a shoulder to lean on. Derek, the runner, recalled that at first his father tried to talk him out of continuing through his agony. He was telling me that I had nothing to prove and that I didn't need to do this. But I told him I was going to finish. Then he said, we'll do it together. So we did, and I limped over the line in tears. This is a picture of the ministry of encouragement. We stand with, we walk with, we limp with, we run with one another to finish our race, to finish our ministry, to finish whatever assignment it is we have, to finish our lives, that we encourage each other, we stand together, we walk together, we run together. And although this picture may look sort of one-sided encouragement, that it's the father encouraging the son, Imagine the father's heart when the son says, I've got to finish my race. And so let's do it together. There was a mutual encouragement among them. Similarly, we'll see that Paul, Silas, and Timothy were all encouraged by the Thessalonians. So let's continue reading from verse 6. We're going to read verses 6 through 10. But, them, but Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. When Timothy came back to Paul, he came back with good news. Uh, Paul had half anticipated dire news, but instead Timothy came back with good news. Timothy told us of your love and faith. Uh, I'm trying to do this as what Paul would be thinking. We had been so deeply concerned about you and we rejoice to hear the good news. He told us of your own precious memories of us and our time with you. 
even though you have some people there who are trying to discredit us in your sight, you weren't fooled by them. You remembered our time together, and they are pleasant memories, and you love us. Even though you were experiencing persecution and pressure, you continue to stand firm in your faith, and you're determined to press on for Jesus no matter what. Uh, This brings us such great joy and encouragement. We sent Timothy to encourage you, and you've turned around and brought great encouragement to me and our team. So Paul and Silas and Timothy were encouraged. In a sense, they were supported. They were in the midst of their own persecution, Paul and Silas and Timothy, but because of the Thessalonians, they were encouraged to keep at it even more. Verse 8, hear the thrill of Paul's heart. Now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. Can you hear the joy in his heart? Now we really live. This makes the difference. You've made my day, but not only my day, you've made my week, you've made my month, you've made my year, you've made my ministry, you've made my life. When you stand firm, we've invested in you to share the good news and you're standing firm and we are thrilled. We are thrilled. Uh, Let's continue in our reading with verse 11. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. In these verses, we see loving relationships of Paul and the Thessalonians. Uh, his deep love for them. It wasn't just that he got to preach to a group of people. He got to know them, to connect with them, to love them. These words of Paul are his prayer to God. May the Lord do these things. May the Lord help us. So he says, may the Lord clear the way for us to come back to you. Do you see Paul's heart for them? He longs to return. He longs to be one of the ones to come back and to be able to encourage them, to be united, to love on them, to assist them in their journey of faith. He wants to be a part of their lives. I want to pause just a moment and mention that as we were driving over the 10 minutes from our house to here, uh, I was thinking, too, of some of the places uh, where I've had the opportunity to preach since I've been retired And uh, one of them, uh, Susan and I were talking about, is talking about their plans for Christmas and Thanksgiving, doing things a little differently this year. Uh, It's the Crosswinds Alliance Church over near Butler. And as we thought about them, you know, our hearts are drawn to those people. Wouldn't it be nice to be there? Well, I'll be here with you, and this is nice to be here with you. And I also thought about some people in Marion Hill uh, down in New Brighton. That's where we were just before we came here. And, you know, we, we get to know people and get to, to love people and love the family of God in different places that we are. What a privilege it is. And it's a privilege then to hear how they're doing and how, how good things that are going on. It's such a joy. Paul says, may the Lord cause your love to increase and overflow. Now, the Thessalonians, we know from the chap- first chapter, that they were known for their love 
People talked about the love that they had for each other and for other people. So they're known for their love. But Paul asked God, Lord, do some more. Give them a greater love. And Lord, not only increase their love, but let it overflow. Did you get that picture? Overflow. They can't hold it in. They're loving and it's flooding the people around them. They're showing the love of God. May the love of God flow forth from the Thessalonians till all around them can't deny their love. They would have a love for each other as fellow believers, as we would have love in the fellowship. But also, he says, and for everyone else. And for everyone else. Those outside the household of faith. Those who were neighbors, co-workers, friends, acquaintances. Even for those who were persecuting them. Their love for everyone else. That's a gift from God. Because it's not a normal thing for us. We need God's love to come in and increase and overflow so that we can love those who wrongfully use us or despitefully use us. We uh, can show love because it's God's love that we can share. This love is key to sharing the good news of Jesus with people around us. The most effective witness comes when we share Jesus out of our relationships. So developing relationships with others. It's not always easy, but it's a way that we can share the love of God even without words at first and then have the opportunity as the Lord gives us those opportunities. Paul continues on in his prayer, asking God to strengthen their hearts so that they would be blameless and holy when they get to meet Jesus face to face when he returns. And this was not saying that the Thessalonians would suddenly wake up and be perfect and never have any struggles or problems or, or to just be totally without sin. But rather, they're talking about being pure of heart. That the Thessalonians would be pure of heart. That God would enable them to be pure of heart. That they would trust in Jesus, live in relationship with Him, and follow Him with all their hearts. When they failed, that they would come to Him and surrender to Him to confess their sins to Him. Uh, when they struggled, they would limp along with the encouragement of one another but they would remain strong in heart, would remain together. In this chapter, Paul focused on his relationship with the Thessalonian believers, a relationship of mutual love and care. Brothers and sisters of Washington Union Alliance Church, we are a body. We are a family of believers. We live in relationship with each other. Uh, we have relationships also outside of this body into our community. How do we show the love of Jesus through our relationships? So we go to our next slide. On the back of our bulletin each week is our mission statement. Together we will pursue people with the love and hope of Jesus Christ beginning in Union Township. Our purpose, our mission is to share the love of Jesus with others around us. We pursue people. Now, that sounds a little bit scary, doesn't it? Pursuing people, especially as we get into deer season and we're pursuing deer and things like that. That's not what we're talking about. I want us to notice the emphasis is on people. We pursue, that's our action. We are looking to share the love of Jesus, the hope and joy of Jesus with others around us, with people. We pursue people. People, not objects, not numbers. Uh, 
People for whom Jesus died. People whom we love. We pursue for the glory of God. Shortly after I graduated from college, I worked in the American Bible Society in New York City. I know some of you would uh, just shut down thinking of being in New York City, but I commuted into New York City uh, every day and was a part of that rat race, and it was really crazy for a while. But I had an opportunity to serve as I was in the American Bible Society as a lowly order clerk. Uh, just getting the mail orders in and getting to do my part and send it on to the next people to do their part. And eventually the order would go out to the people. So as we were there, one of my coworkers, uh, another guy named Jimmy, and I got to be friends. And we would have lunch together and take breaks and talk and different people that I got to know while I was there. But Jimmy was my closest friend. And there was another guy who had come in to work who was a, a good, solid uh, sort of fire and brimstone type evangelical guy who was there and working, and he would nail Jimmy to the wall. And he would cast all sorts of doubt on Jimmy and trying to scare him into making a decision for Jesus. And Jimmy was devastated. Uh, but because I was a friend with Jimmy, I got to talk, uh, just be with him, hear his concerns, uh, hear his angst, about being treated like that. And then eventually, in that talking together, there came opportunities where Jimmy did make a decision for Jesus. And that probably that pressure might have had some part in it, but it was relationship that then gave the opportunity for him to respond. Sometime later, Jimmy chose uh, not only to trust in Jesus, but then he asked me something that I will always remember. Jimmy said, if I had not accepted Jesus as my Savior, would you have still been my friend? And I was glad to be able to say, yes, I would still have been your friend. But you see, it's out of a relationship. He wanted to know, um, was, I, was he just a project? Was he just uh, uh, somebody that I wanted to check off, that I had shared the good news with? Or was he truly a friend? Relationships are important. Relationships with others around us. And speaking out of those relationships, giving opportunity to share our love of Jesus. Loving, authentic relationships are vital as we live for Jesus. So this week, whom will you love for Jesus? How will you show love to someone in your community, in your sphere of influence? How will you demonstrate love? And that love involves listening, truly listening. Not just listening so that you can hear the common point that then I can jump in with my story, but listening to the other person so that you can hear what's in their heart or allowing them to share. Now, I am real good at mentioning this. I'm not always good at listening that way. So this is to me too. Listen Listen in a way that we can hear the other person that shows that we value them. And then uh, as the Lord gives opportunity, there may be an open door or window for us to share more of the love of Jesus. We are to relate to each other. Not that we are the person who has all to give, but we're to relate as co-workers, co-journey uh, people uh, on this journey of life together. Uh, 
people caring for each other. Not putting ourselves above or ahead of others, but rather putting their needs ahead of our own. That's from Philippians chapter 2. Putting the needs of others ahead of our own. So, living, loving, caring in relationship with the people that you meet, that you come to know. People who are next door. People who are part of our community. Even people who live in the far corners of the earth. Living and loving in the name of Jesus.